Hey everybody, welcome back to the Living with Power Hope Podcast. I'm Lena Abijamra and I'd like to welcome you back. I'm your host. I run a ministry called Living with Power Ministries. However way you found us today, if it's your first time, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. We are in a series called Dear Lena, where I explore questions about faith, life, and culture, and everything in between in a post-Christian culture where we desperately need the truth. And if you uh, have questions about anything, send them to me at dearlena at livingwithpower.org. Right now, the Dear Lena series is focused on bread and butter is the theme, and it's really consistent with bread and butter Christian issues, questions, and so we are really, in some ways, doing basic Christianity, but we need it like never before. And so if you have friends who are exploring the faith, and if you have friends who are new believers, you might want to forward them this uh, podcast, and maybe you just need a refresher. However it is, I hope today's question will encourage you. This is the fifth in this particular series of Dear Lena's. And so without further ado, let me read you the question. Dear Lena, how can I be more consistent in my Christian life? What are the secrets to a consistent Christian life? Uh, very good timing with the question because we've been talking about what it means to be saved and how to know that you're saved and this push towards holiness. And and we talked even last week about sort of like, can you lose your salvation? And the point to the proof is in the pudding. Like if with time you continue to show proof of salvation through works that glorify Christ, not that your works save you, but your works, your beliefs, your heart, with time showed the fact that indeed the seed that was put on your heart was put on a soft heart and has a good soil that's bearing fruit to repentance. And so um, how do you stay consistent? How do you, how do you make sure like, Lord, I don't want to be a person whose seed fell on hard ground from the parable of the seed and the sower. I don't want to be a person whose cares of this world choke the life, the Christian life out of me. I want to be consistent. And, and, I, and I'm telling you, I want to be consistent. And so um, the Bible knows, God knows in his word, why he leaves us his word is to remind us of what he knows that we need to know. And so he knows it's hard because he gave us verses like Galatians 6 verse 9 that says, let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. I'm going to just read you a few of those verses that I think are so important. Uh, I love Hebrews 10 uh, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised us is faithful. There's this cry to perseverance. I believe elsewhere in Hebrews it also calls us to persevere and um, I think this is uh, 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 Hebrews 10, 39. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. The book of James written by the brother of Jesus. I actually have a great study on the book of James. If you're looking for a Bible study, you can check it out at our website, livingwithpower.org. But he talks a lot in James chapter one about this need to persevere under trial, but also verse 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And so there's this promise that there's more to come and that we ought to uh, hold fast to those things that matter and and how do we do it and so so here's the first uh, out of three points as I usually give you in order to be consistent in your Christian life you need to keep fixing your eyes on Jesus now that seems like a no-brainer right I mean like we're Christians we're supposed to follow Jesus but I'm telling you, I've turned 50 this year and I cannot tell you how many times I've caught myself living the Christian life and Jesus, I haven't seen him in like miles. Like, I don't know if he's, he must be ahead of me, but, or I think I've run ahead of him. I don't know, but, but like, like you can do the Christian life without Jesus if you're looking to just simply doing the Christian life of, of going through the motions. And so, but there's no joy in it and, and you burn out and 
you start questioning your purpose and you want to quit when you're doing it that way because the entire essence of the Christian life is not the work that we do, but the essence of relationship and intimacy with Jesus. So if you have lost sight of Christ, maybe you've run ahead of him, maybe you've taken on a different path, you need to like rein it back in and go back to where you can fix your eyes on Jesus. And so probably the best verse in that vein is in Hebrews chapter 12. And this comes after Hebrews 11. I know I'm a genius. Hebrews 11 is the hall of faith. And it goes through all these men and women who gave their life to Christ and lived this powerful example of faith. And then verse chapter 12, verse one, therefore, it goes on to say, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, look, it doesn't say looking to those examples. No, it says looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. We talked last week about sanctification and, and the week before. It is his job. He is the founder and the perfecter of our faith. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He's alive. He's alive. He's sitting at the right hand of God. He's making intercession for us. And the way to make it to the end is to fix your eyes on him. Not on the human examples, though there are some nice, decent human examples, both alive and dead. I, I read some amazing uh, biographies of great Christians, and I, I started doing that a year ago, and it's been a tremendously growing experience in my life. I highly hold some of those examples of the faith, but it's not by looking at them, but by looking at Jesus that we will be consistent over time. Again, because it is the essence of relationship that is at the heart of Christianity. It's not a belief system. It's not a church system that we join. We join the body of Christ. We become one in Christ. So by fixing your eyes on his word, that's how you can become familiar with his promises. And when you know somebody's promises, you find out more about him. And so by fixing your eyes on who he is, you deeply understand his character. You see him, a God of love, of, in, in, I think it's in Deuteronomy, a lot in the Old Testament, but Deuteronomy, where God describes himself to the people of Israel. I mean, the way that he describes himself, he says, know therefore, here it is, Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. That's our God. And so as you understand who he is, and your eyes are fixed on his character, you build the confidence, the stamina to persist in the Christian life. And by fixing your eyes on what he has done, his finished works, his finished work on the cross, his work with others, his work within you, his promises that have already come to pass in your life, as you review and settle your heart on him, 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 you can continue and be consistent and grow and persevere and do those things that you, you long to do in your life. And so, and so where are your eyes fixed? Listen, every distraction, I mean, we're living in an era where we are so easily distracted. And I know everyone says it, but like, if we say it a lot, we need to do something about it because it is sucking the life out of us. And I think the biggest distractant is that phone that we hold in our hands. Look, I'm a fan of the phone, but I see the pattern in my life. Like I can almost never go two minutes without just turning it on. I don't even need to check anything. And so we've got to develop new habits. I mean, this is something we need to be so intentional about. 
Our eyes are fixed on everything but the Lord. And sometimes we go, well, I'm reading the Bible. Well, I'm, I'm looking on the phone for Christian examples or Christian tweets. Or It's not the same as fixing our eyes on Jesus. That has to happen. Two weeks ago, we talked about spiritual disciplines. The whole point of the spiritual disciplines is to teach us to look, to fix our eyes on Jesus and to get to know him more. And so that's the first thing. Now, the second thing, how can I be more consistent? In order to be consistent in your Christian life, you need to recognize your own limitation. You need to recognize your own limitation. Let me, let me share a few verses from our, my favorite, Apostle Paul. Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 3, he says uh, in verse 4, Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. He goes on in, in chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Um, I was thinking about that. Uh, another verse came to mind. Here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, Paul got the thorn in the flesh. And three times I pleaded with the Lord about this that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. If you feel like you cannot accomplish the Christian life of you, on your own, you are in the perfect place to let God step in and take over. Uh, you need to understand that. You cannot work your way to holiness. Now, there's some work involved, but again, it's, it's a balance that is initiated by God. That it, the, the onus of the work falls on Him. He's working, we're cooperating, not the other way around. And I think understanding that takes the load off your back and, and then when you fail, you're not failed. You know, sometimes when we fail at something, it kills us. Well, but when you understand that he's going to continue to work anyway, it provides you such freedom to know that even failure is used by God somehow for good. So you've got to recognize your own limitations. And by the way, those limitations come in a variety of forms. So I had written this little sentence here. For you to say yes to some things, you must learn to say no to others. Now, it, that's another form of limitation. If you want to be consistent, you have to understand that you can't do everything in life. Some things have to go. Your time, how do you fix your eyes on Jesus to be more consistent? Well, you've got to make margin in your schedule. What can go in your life? You've got to say no to some things in order to be able to say yes to God. You have a limit. You have, you're limited by time and space and how you spend that Time, every one of us has been given the same amount of time. You wonder why do some people accomplish more in their life? Well, because they've learned that some things are going to be more important. Today is Sunday afternoon. I'm recording these podcasts. And I knew if I don't record these podcasts this week, it will not get done. And so I would love, we don't get a lot of nice days in Chicago. It is a gorgeous day outside. I want to be outside. But I know what I need for this ministry to happen. I know what we need in order to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. I know what I need in order to stay with my mind fixed on what he has for me in this life. So I have to say no to going outside and yes to spending this extra time in the word. And so again, this is a very practical example, but the same can be said of many, many things in our life. So, so our limitations are time and spatial, but they're also emotional, but they're also limitations of I am going to fail. I cannot do this on my own, which the good news is Christ has promised to pull the weight where, in fact, we cannot do it on our own. So for you to admit your own weakness, you must learn to live in complete dependence on Jesus. And do you know what invites complete dependence on Jesus? Our need. When our need is greater than what we can do, what we can do on our own, that's when we turn to Jesus for help. Our need is our, the greatest invitation in our life to walk in dependence on the Lord. The deeper our need, the more dependence that comes. 
And so um, that's a fact. Like I tell you again, another practical example, I've been dealing this season of my life. I had a squirrel come into my attic and had a couple babies. We got rid of the squirrels, but in the process, we had left a hole where the squirrel came in open. And so we think there may have been mice. And I was upset about the squirrels. I was really upset about the mice. And so I was really down. I wanted to move and sort of went through all of that, you know, mental gymnastics and sort of was in a funk for a while. And, and then it occurred to me, it felt like a deep need. And I get it in the big picture. It's just mice. I know some of you are not scared of mice. You're just like throw some poison. They'll be fine. I don't know. I, I just, to me, it just rocks my world. I don't want to hear the pitter patter in the attic above my bedroom. But nonetheless, it occurred to me a week into the battle, I called multiple people to come and check it out. I, I, I talked to multiple people who gave me estimates on insulating the attic. I mean, it was just a disaster in my mind. I thought of every escape possible. And then one day, as I was waking up from sleep, I had this idea. I thought, God defeated, I had just thought about Jehoshaphat, and I thought, God defeated the enemy, not once, but more than once, but in the case of Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20, he defeated the enemy without the people of Israel having to do one thing. If he can defeat an actual army, can he not get rid of the mice in my house? And it's a rhetorical question. And then I started applying it to other things, like the one who caused the plagues and ended the plagues. Like a couple of mice in my attic are nothing for God. Why didn't it occur to me to, to pray to him? Well, it did, but only when the, deep, when the need became so deep. The deeper the need, it's like we forget that we need him when it's something that we can handle on our own. But when you get to the place where you've tried every way and you still can't resolve it, now it's like we stop and say, you know what, there must, might be another way. And I, gotta be, I know this sounds crazy, but ever since... This realization, I've not heard one pitter-patter of a mouse. I'll have to give you an update because as I'm recording this podcast, I haven't gotten the guy to go up in the attic again to see if they're all shriveled up from the poison. But I, I, I by faith, am believing that there are no more mice in my attic. And I, I heard them before, so I'm not hearing them now. So I think I might be right. I know that my mom told me that mice have 800 kids, so I don't want to you know, be too dogmatic about all this. But, but I'm no longer afraid because I have a confidence now that God can take care of these mice. Why did I carry the load on my own? I don't have to. Now, apply the same to your life. There, I'm sure there's a mice situation in your life. It may not be mice, I mean, be a human, but the same thing, God can rid you of the burden if you just turn to him in dependence. That's the consistent Christian life over time. It's you turn to him sooner. You don't have to wait a week. You don't have to get frustrated and threaten to leave you can simply turn to him sooner. That's how you grow in maturity and in faith. And lastly, so we talked about in order to be consistent, you've got to fix your eyes on Jesus. You've got to recognize your own limitations. And number three, in order to be consistent in your Christian life, you need to resolve to stay committed. You need to resolve to stay committed. Like at the end of the day, Jesus stands at the door of our heart and knocks, Revelations 3. But it's up to us to open the door and let him in. So it's a two-way. God initiates, but we have to respond. And so you won't ever accomplish what you don't resolve you will do. People say to me, how'd you become a doctor? Well, I decided to become a doctor. There was, it didn't happen like vaguely. There was a goal in mind. There was a decision put in place. Was it hard? Yeah, it was hard. Did I fail along the way? Yeah, I failed along the way. Has it been worth it? You better believe it. And so, but, but there was a goal set. And so as it pertains to the Christian life, do you resolve that you are going to try to finish? Again, is it going to be easy? No. Is God going to help you? You better believe it, but resolve it. Resolve it. I wrote a book called Resolved. 10 ways to stand strong and live what you believe. Resolve that you're going to finish strong and see what God will do with that resolve because it starts with the notion, I'm not going to quit. It's not going to happen. I'm going to be there to the end. 
So you won't ever be able to accomplish what you don't resolve you will do. You won't ever be consistent to what you have not committed to. You, there's consistency and there's commitment. It's, they're not the same thing. Consistency is showing up and doing it over and over again. Commitment is, um, is, is this resolve to finish the job. And so you need both, but you won't be consistent if there's no commitment. What are you gonna be consistent to? And so this is why I read my Bible every day. This is why I pray every day. Because there's a consistency to the commitment. The commitment isn't just to read my Bible. The commitment is to grow closer to the Lord. The commitment is to become more Christ-like. The commitment is to have fellowship with the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, and His Word. And so now the consistency is I wake up in the morning, I say no to some things and yes to others, and I spend time with the Lord. Do you see it? And then you won't ever learn to do well what you don't see clearly modeled. This is a call to the fellowship of the saints. This is a call to the study of scripture and the scriptural examples that were given that point. This was Hebrews 11. I told you Hebrews 12 is to fix our eyes on Jesus. But he says, because we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Who are the cloud of witnesses in your life, guys? Do you have men and women that you look to? Uh, I love uh, Romans 15. It says, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might hope, we might have hope. And then he says, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another and according with Jesus Christ, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, he finishes that section in Romans. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That is our ministry verse, living with power ministry. This is our verse. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we may abound in hope. Hope is what helps us finish we have hope that there's another life to come. We have hope that Christ is alive and that we will see him someday. We have hope that we will have a day where we will put the crowns of righteousness on his feet and worship before him with our brothers and sisters through the ages. Who are, who in your life is clearly modeling mature Christianity? There are people in my life who have set the path for me to be where I am today. And I pray that there are some in yours. Uh, if you don't have live people in your life, you can look at dead uh, missionaries at dead uh, men and women of God who have given their all to Jesus and they will inspire you. If you're looking for those biographies, let me know. I can email you some, some great titles, easy to read, easy to comprehend. I challenge you to spend time learning those stories. They will change your life like nothing else will. And if you just need prayer, uh, please send me an email at dearlena at livingwithpower.org. If you're looking for Bible studies, if you're looking for a church, you don't know where to go, Listen, I know things are messed up in the church. I know. I wrote a book about it. But I also believe it to be God's plan for his people to be knitted together in a body uh, that uh, gathers regularly and prays together and grows in the knowledge of Christ and, 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 and giving glory to him. So that's all I got for you today. I hope you have found something beneficial. I hope that you are growing in your life with Christ. But mostly I hope that you remain consistent to finishing strong. Uh, he who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ is my life verse. That's from Philippians 1.6. I believed it when I found it and I believe it today. If I am anything today, it's because of Christ's faithfulness in my life. I know you can say the same and if you don't know him yet, you can know him today too. I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email at dearlena at livingwithpower.org. In fact, at our website, you can find out all sorts of things about our ministry, including how to join us on Thursday nights. There's a button at the top of the page that says join our community. I teach live on Thursday nights in Facebook. I would love for you to keep be there today. And in the meantime, have a blessed day and know that I am praying for you and that you are deeply loved. See you next week.